2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. If you're listening to the podcast, it is probably, it probably means that it is Friday, April, what day is it? April 9th. If you're watching us on YouTube or, oh, I don't know, maybe another platform where you can view people doing things like TikTok, uh, it, it could be Thursday. Uh, afternoon we're recording this myself ryan wilson john breach here to do a mailbag podcast what's up fellas
3: yo 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 brinson uh breach you won't believe this but brinson was late to the podcast again and and so late in fact that your daughter made her debut appearance on the podcast and um she's now one year old that was great
4: my daughter who is three 366 days Mm -hmm. old was more punctual than Will Brinson, which pretty much sums up Brinson's entire existence. I don't need being really- beaten by a baby.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, so 1.45 is the new time for these mailbags on on Tuesday, not 2 o'clock anymore, 1.45. Um, good to know. Anywho, I, I was just sitting there watching the Masters. I could have walked up here at any point. I wasn't trying to be late. I wasn't you know, doing anything wrong. Uh, Before we get into the mailbag, a couple of uh, housekeeping items. One, make sure and check out uh, awesome NFL draft chatter with Josh Edwards from Thursday's show. On Monday show, we'll have mock Monday 9.0. That's right. Ryan Wilson will do his 32nd mock draft. Um, and of course, it's Masters week. Azalea's Butler cabin, green jackets everywhere, pigs kill bosses in a blanket. I don't know if you guys saw that. Did you guys see that with, uh, Dustin Johnson's, uh, champions dinner?
3: No. Um, I haven't been watching a lot of Masters coverage. I've had CBS Sports HQ on in the background while I've been grinding on tape, but I haven't actually watched it. Sorry. So DJ, was
2: well, you know he's the champion last in November so he gets to pick what they have for dinner and it was p- pretty p- delicious i'm sure it was outstanding it was like fillet mashed potato family style mashed you know mashed potatoes uh, vegetables um you know you had the option to get sea bass if you didn't want the uh, the dank fillet that they have it the, you know keep peach cobbler ice with ice cream uh, but for his appetizer he wanted pigs in a blanket and um, they masters, they they classed it up. They didn't want to do just little wieners and wrapped in croissants. So they did like kielbasa, smoked kielbasa in a puff pastry. It looked fantastic. Anywho, pimento cheese sandwiches, egg salad, domestic beers in those beautiful green cups. Oh, it's everything, and CBS Sports is your home, as always, to watch DJ Brooks, Rory, well, not long for Rory, and all the action unfold at Augusta, whether you're looking to watch On the Range, Featured Groups, Amon Corner, Holes 15 and 16, all four rounds, and, of course, the CBS broadcast over the weekend. It's all available on CBSports.com, the CBS Sports mobile app, and Paramount Plus, where you get a mountain of entertainment. Pimento cheese sandwiches not included, but we'll work on that for next year. As we mentioned, uh, Monday will feature mock draft 9.0 on the podcast with Ryan Wilson, which leads us to our next point of housekeeping. Uh, the first mailbag question. This comes from, uh, hashtag fire Ryan Wilson. Mm-hmm. Awesome <laughs> podcast. Love it so much. Are you guys aware of the movement on TikTok to get Ryan Wilson fired? I, I mean, I thought you were going to play the clip. What are uh, we waiting
4: for? That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. You get right. mad at so, us. We got a clip.
2: Yeah, of course you have a clip. So uh there's apparently, like, an entire TikTok movement dedicated to getting Ryan Wilson fired. It's and- dedicated
4: to canceling Ryan Wilson. Yeah, Ryan, they want
2: to cancel Ryan Wilson, and it's my favorite thing of all time. And to be sure, the, I mean, I... Or-
4: I'm just stopping by to say, <laughs> fire Ryan Wilson. Ryan Wilson, you are the worst.
0: I'm not completely sure how... uh Mr. Ryan Wilson here has a job at CBS.
4: Well, the idiot is finally back. There is not a single analyst on this planet that is dumber than Ryan Wilson.
0: (laughs) All right, bro, these mock drafts need to stop.
4: So, my boy Ryan Wilson over at CBS Sports came out with his latest mock draft. Every week, I pray that this guy will make a good mock draft, and he just can't do it. At this point,
3: was that it? Uh, The 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 highlight for that for me. Stay off
2: the weed!
3: Oh, I, I talked over that part. That was the best part. The highlight for me wasn't the stupid-ass people making comments. It was Brinson thoroughly enjoyed it, in much the same way I enjoyed your meltdown a few days ago. So, fair is fair, I suppose. <laughs> I,
2: my, my wife walked in the house and I go, oh!
3: My- Guess what? Guess what? And she was like, what? What?
2: Like is, you know, is everything okay? Like did you, did you win more money playing DMS? I was like, no, there's a bunch of dudes on TikTok who want to get Wilson fired. It's the funniest thing ever.
5: So my boy Ryan
4: Wilson over at CBS Sports came out with his latest mock draft. Every week I pray that this guy will make a good mock draft and he just can't do
1: it.
3: (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, th- this is my own doing because my buddy texted me this because his his son found it, he's a teenager on TikTok and was laughing at it. So let me tweet this out because it's funny, and that alerted uh, dumbass parents to to move forward <laughs> and try try to make contact with uh, the, the group of morons. And I think he got in contact with one of them. Here's here's all I'll say. Look, I'm fine. You can you can go on TikTok and do whatever you want to do. Clearly, um, although the TikTok that I put in Slack the other day might be one of my favorites. Um, I don't know if you guys watch that one where they're, they're all drinking mimosas. Like, oh, I've had three mimosas.
1: Oh
2: yeah. And then the girl bust her teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh my
3: gosh. But yeah, after six I six mean, here's what I would just say. Send me Wilson at CBSI.com. Send me your mock drafts and let me see how different they are. So I, so I can be enlightened as to what's going on because I would love to, at the end of the day, all the mock drafts end up looking the same. I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I get it. You're clout chasing like you're, you know, that, that young kid yelling at Cam Newton for no reason.
2: Mm. Mm. But, but at the end are of the day, you the Cam Newton that situation? I would love you're to be the, the Cam Newton. Former MVP, you're the washed up former MVP <laughs> trying to get his life back together.
3: <laughs> I think Cam Newton's probably doing a little better than I am, but at the end of the day, like what, what are you yelling about? Like, I don't, I don't get it, but Hey, if if it makes that guy feel good, more powerful. The
2: other thing I would say too about uh, it just not to be, just to be quasi serious for a moment here is that,
3: you know, when you're younger
2: and you're doing the the internet thing and you're, you know, I it's when you're younger and you're, you're starting in the business and you're not, you don't have a foothold as like a full-time job. It's a lot easier to lash out and bash people. We did the
3: same thing 15 years ago at fan house.
2: Right. And I would just say that if you want to do this full time and you want it to be a serious endeavor, perhaps, you know, just just be careful of who you – like maybe one day you're up for a job at CBS and somebody's like, hey, Wilson, uh, we're thinking about hiring this guy to be one of our draft analysts. And Wilson's like, actually, that's the dude who tried to get me canceled on TikTok. So Wilson
3: will be doing the Ryan Howard from the office, pulling out his notebook and looking for the names. <laughs> that gets That's
2: correct. Uh, I am switching my headphones very quickly. So, Say something for each that would be interesting.
4: Uh, well, the funny thing is to me when this TikTok draft analyst has 7 million followers on TikTok and becomes the biggest thing right. in NFL draft analyst history. And then Ryan's going to have this side podcast on TikTok where he makes fun of that guy. Oh, I, say,
3: I, would, I would have to end up working for him at some point. That feels like the natural progression of what's going to happen.
4: 100 percent. 100 percent
3: chance. Yeah. But, Brinson, while you were watching golf before you came on, I was telling Deebo and, and Breach, my new thing is, like, if people, especially young people, say stupid stuff on Twitter and I'm paying attention usually in response to mock drafts. Cause no one else yells about it. Cause I'm not on Twitter for much else. I'll go look and see like, you know, what the story is and I'll say something nice in response just to sort of disarm them.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's true. If you disarm people, if you, if you disarm people like that, it, it, flips the script completely like if you get an the end it's like you piece of crap how dare you <laughs> say that that the eagles would draft this guy and you're like hey look i mean you know this is just what i think about this and this is what i'm hearing and you know here's what the, And they're like oh you know i totally understand apologies for being insane. right
3: i actually took it a step further it was it was a high school kid because i checked his twitter bio he said why do you have a job which is you know you get that response a lot yeah and i didn't even i didn't even address it i just said hey congratulations on getting into college i was you know it was nice of you to thank all the people that helped you get there good luck something like that so he immediately tweeted back and said, oh, thank you very much. I would love to send you one of my your ass," which was, you know, predictable. So I sent him my an email, and, you know, now he's sending me questions about how to get into the business and all this other stuff. And as I told Debo and Breach, I was like, first thing, you know, don't be a butthole. That's that's a great place to start. Yeah. And at the end of that, he seemed like a decent kid. But, you know, we live in an age where you can go on the Internet and say whatever you want, and it's, it's, people think it's okay, you know. And I get that on some level because that's just the culture we're living in, but. Man, that's a tough way to go through life, just spending your time being angry and, and you know, you end up like Clay Travis, you do that too much. Well it
4: feels Jeez, like the moral of the story here is Wilson, that Ryan should never go on TikTok.
2: Wilson says like Wilson's like, Don't bash people online. You'll end up like Clay Travis.
3: No, I'm just saying, like that that that's a hard job to oh, to, yeah, yeah. It's, to sustain, to, to be angry about everything all the time.
2: Yeah, you gotta, it, that, it's, it's, it is a hard, it is a hard job. That's a great point. Uh, all right. Let's dive into the mailbag, mailbag five stars. Awesome podcast. Keep it the great work, fellas. Raiders fan from Hawaii. 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 Hawaii?
4: Who's we should, a, we should do a podcast from Hawaii. Who do we talk uh, to?
3: Well, we fired Sean, whose parents had a house in Hawaii. So that's on us. Uh, Ooh, on that
2: us. was, well, we fired him because he wouldn't take us. By the way, speaking to people, uh, we talk about fan house. Are you aware that Shane Bacon? Is leading the featured group coverage on, on the masters? What channel's that on? I thought he worked for, uh, the other network. No, they brought, they brought everybody. It's, his, it's, it's, it's run by Augusta and it's distributed on like Paramount Plus and ESPN Plus and all that. Oh, okay. Uh, but day. like this morning I turned on the featured group channel and it was like, I knew mean, I didn't say hello friends, but it was Shane Bacon <laughs> introducing it and he's, <laughs> he's the lead, he's the lead, uh, guy. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Love Shane Bacon. Great dude. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh Raiders fan from Hawaii. By the way, best thing about living in Hawaii, football starts at 7 a.m. and football's on. It's okay to drink beers, I think. That mm-hmm. is correct. Oh boy, this is he said, ask, is Gruden? This is from Bix and Shiv, by the way. Uh is Gruden a good coach? Is Derek Carr the guy to take us to a championship? How does the franchise succeed, especially in the Chiefs division? Thank you.
3: First, you petition to get moved out of that division. I think that's your best chance of competing. Mm,
2: your only chance.
3: Your only chance. I think Gruden is a good coach, and Princeton, you've actually talked about this in the past. We didn't know coming back when he unceremoniously replaced Jack Del Rio, who was forced to, at his resignation, also announced he was being replaced by John Gruden, which I thought was weird. I didn't know what to expect. I think a lot of us didn't. But I thought I think in terms of X's and O's and in-game stuff, he's as good as he has been. Maybe he's better. I think the issues become when he's making these personnel decisions that leave you scratching your head. Uh, like cutting the entire offensive line and then bringing them back and then trading them and then signing a the few of the guys or like drafting Cleveland Farrell fourth overall when it felt like he was probably more of a, a mid to late first round pick that hasn't worked out. And, you know, sometimes you take chances on guys, but I'm not sure John Gruden beyond the coach has what it takes to get the Raiders where they need to be. I'm trying to think. So if they were in breach, if they were in the AFC South, would you feel better about the Raiders?
4: I would feel oh they'd have a chance to win the division. I, I give them zero chance in the AFC. Well, I give them point zero zero one percent chance <laughs> in the AFC West. But in in the South, you know, we'd be talking about them as a possible contender. I don't think I wouldn't pick them to win a division, uh, and that's because the quarterback is Derek Carr. And one of this guy's questions was, is Derek Carr the guy to take us to a championship? Let me just say that I lived in a Derek Carr like situation with Andy. Dalton, okay, there is, the ceiling is the playoff. Derek Carr is not taking you to Super Bowl. Brinson, you're nodding your head like Derek Carr is like uh, this amazing quarterback compared to Andy Dalton. They're no, I'm, similar, no I'm, not, I'm nodding my head like it's, we're less than 10 minutes into the podcast. You already managed to bring up Andy Dalton again. Well, I'm just saying there's similar quarterbacks. And that if he is your quarterback, you feel like, hey, maybe we can get to the playoffs. But you're not thinking about a Super Bowl. You're just, you're not getting to a Super Bowl just because he's not as good as these top tier guys.
2: Yeah, I I think, I think, I I do think you're both correct. And we can address these topics about the Raiders without insulting the Raiders. Because, so the question is, is Gruden a good coach? Yes, John Gruden is a good coach. If you give John Gruden a good roster of offensive players, he's going to create a really good offense. I don't even know that you need a great roster of offensive players to have a good offensive group because I think he's that good of an offensive coach. Um, we don't know yet if he can get the most out of a defense, but he has coached a defense a, a defensive, defensive based team to a Super Bowl in a, in a, you know, his prior existence as an NFL head coach. So I think with an, with elite defensive Well, chal- that
3: was, that was Monty Kiffin and some young defensive backs coach named Mike Tomlin doing all the heavy lifting on that side. Oh, I don't yeah. think he had much to do with it.
2: But I, well, I'm just saying that like, he, he, we, he has a track record of being able to hire guys to produce yes. quality de- defensive, a quality defensive product with quality defensive players. However, John Gruden is not just the coach in Las Vegas. He is also the football czar and Mike Mayock's boss, no matter, regardless of what you might hear publicly, he has final say on everything. And I think that the biggest problem for the Las Vegas Raiders now and moving forward is that John Gruden is the guy buying the groceries. John Gruden, good cook, John Gruden, not a good grocery shopper right now. And, Mm. Uh, that sort of dates back to his days in Tampa Bay too, after he won the Super Bowl and when he was really in charge of of doing all that. So I don't think I think he is a good coach. I don't think that the franchise will succeed with John Gruden being placed in charge of acquiring all of the okay. talent.
3: Well, Bix and Chips asks, how do they succeed then? Like, what oh yeah, are- and, and, and Breach is actually right,
2: Derek Carr's. Derek Carr can get you to the playoffs. He's not getting you to a championship. I don't. Derek think.
3: Carr, I don't think, is very high on the list of things to be worried about, though. I feel like the defense yeah. is the first eleven. Eleven. I slots. think.
2: I think if they had a top ten defense, then Derek Carr yeah. could
3: potentially win you a championship. Yeah, slow slow down. I but mean, they're still just,
2: far
4: away from having a top ten defense. I mean, yeah. Yeah. they're not even remotely close to that right now. They're not now. close
3: to having a a bottom like a top twenty defense. Like they're in the bottom third, and it feels Correct. like closer to the bottom than the twenty.
2: Yes. Um, so how does the franchise succeed? I mean, I think what needs to happen is John Gruden needs to cede some of his power in terms of personnel or at least create, um, and this is hard to do for him, for any individual with power in any position, much less a football coach. You, he needs to create some checks and balances and he needs to bring other opinions in and to allow Mike Mayock to do what Mike Mayock is supposed to do, which is to identify draft, you know, players All in right. the draft and Let like me that.
3: At, let me ask you this: three year plan. What are your concrete suggestions for challenging the Chiefs? Exactly, <laughs> that basis is exactly the answer.
2: I mean, draft Justin Herbert. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Well, that, I mean,
3: Justin Herbert on that team is not going to challenge the challenge the Chiefs. Like, I, I don't mean, know what I, to do.
2: I don't, I don't know what to do because they had their biggest strength was the offensive line and they sort of, they rebooted that this offseason. They, you know, they paid Tyrell Williams a ton of money. That was obviously a mistake. Um, defensively, I just don't think that they just have to hit a couple defensive home runs in, in the draft and free agency. And I don't know that that's going to magically happen in the next three years based on what we've seen from them so far.
3: Bridge, is do, there any reason to believe that the other three teams of the division are closer to the Chiefs than maybe we feel like they are?
4: I think that the Raiders. You just said, what do they need to do over the next three years to compete with the Chiefs? And again, you know, the Raiders were the only team in the NFL that beat the Chiefs starters during the regular season last year. So it does feel like maybe Gruden has his eyes on beating the Chiefs at the expense of now we can't beat everyone else. And they, so, they should
3: have lost to the Jets.
4: Exactly. So that, that's rough, but I do think that he is, uh, You've got to flip the defense. You've got to make the defense better, and they took a small step toward that. I think hiring Gus Bradley is a huge step up over Paul Gunther, who was there and got fired last season. Uh, so I think Gus Bradley can flip that defense. I don't think they're going to be a top-10 defense next year. They'll be lucky if they're a top-20 defense, but they will be better than what they had, and that's what you need. So the offense is going to produce. Maybe they're not going to produce as many points as the Chiefs offense uh, but Gruden has shown that he can make that offense work with whatever personnel he has. So it's just a matter of that defense slowly improving. So, like Brinson said, you got to hit some home runs in the draft defensively. Go out, maybe get a couple wide receivers and free agency over the next year or two. Uh, you know, beef up that offense. But I don't think they're that far away from competing. Uh, you know, I would be surprised if they're in the playoffs this year. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I could see them getting a wild card spot.
2: I mean, all right. So the last. Two draft. I mean, I can't help but think back to the 2019 draft and the Raiders having, where was that draft? Was that in Nashville?
3: Yeah. Good God. That feels like a long time ago. That was eight years ago.
2: Yeah. Um, we're sitting there and and you're thinking to yourself coming into the draft, the Raiders have three first round picks and the Giants ended up picking three picks as well. They had to trade back in, but you're thinking there, you know, you have three first round picks. There's no way. You can be anything but a massive winner on that first night when you write the story about who won and who lost. And yet they came away with Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram.
3: Like my I mean, favorite pick of those three was John was Jacobs. That's how bad the-
2: Yeah. And it was like and like so the best I mean Abrams Abram's been has made some plays when he's been out there, but he's only played fourteen games so far in two years. Cleveland Farrell has been has six and a half sacks in two in twenty six games. I mean They drafted him for Josh Allen, who, the pass rusher for the Jaguars, who clearly looks like the better player. And Josh Jacobs could have been rookie of the year and is a, is a dominant, like, running back, but he's still a running back. Like, if that's what you came away with in that draft, now they, they did pick up Foster Moreau and Max Crosby, Max Crosby has been very good. Um, Trayvon Mullen as well. You know, Hunter Renfro, I mean, there's some pieces in that draft, but those, the later, those first three picks feel like Gruden picks. And then the, the, maybe he let Mayock do a little bit more work. And then, you know, you take Henry Ruggs over CD Lamb, you know, Damon Arnett is your first round pick at the you know, they've had so five, look, let, let's like this. they had five first round picks and three of them are on defense. And it's, it's like the opposite of what the Saints had in that, in that that famous 2017 draft. Like when you have five first round picks in two years, you need to transform your defense. And they haven't done that.
3: Yeah. So let's play the game that i like to play. Who, who could you have had? So in that 2019, they took Lee Farrell at four. They could have had Devin white. Jeez. You mentioned Josh Allen. And Mike Mayock
2: came out and said before the draft, if I do recall correctly, that he thought Mike, that Devin white was a player.
3: I'm sure he did. Everyone else already was. You could had Ed Oliver. You could have had Devin Bush. You could have had Rashawn Gary. You could have had Christian Wilkins, who he hasn't flashed, but I, you know, I, I think that you could have Brian Burns. I Montez mean, Sweat? Montez Sweat. So Montez Sweat fits down to, he's a guy you could have taken instead of taking Josh Jacobs at 20, uh, cause, or 24, cause he went 26, but I like the Josh Jacobs pick, but you certainly could have taken him instead of taking Jonathan Josh Abrams.
4: Jacobs though, he, he went at 24th. The next running back wasn't taken until 53rd overall. So Good it's point. not crazy to think that the Raiders could have picked him up. They picked at 40th in the second round. He might have still been on the board there.
3: And they could have, like, instead of taking Jonathan Abram, who I wasn't crazy about coming out of the draft, and as you mentioned, Brinson he's been hurt. They could have had Debo Samuel, and Debo Samuel's so far better than Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is the only one year in, but it, but it just feels like they they whipped on the. You have to hit on the first rounders if you're going to be a good a good team. Like you have to hit on a good. You're a great team when you hit on the day, late day two, day three picks.
2: Well, and also, like with respect to that 2019 draft. Cleveland Farrell at four was a shocker. Yeah. And we said at the time, why wouldn't you trade down and take Cleveland Farrell? Because there were teams, you know, the, you know, the Giants were, I and Daniel Jones at six. I mean, you know, Devin White was sitting there. Josh Allen was sitting there. Teams loved Ed Ed Oliver as you, Pittsburgh traded up to 10 to get Devin Bush. I mean, there were some players on the board when they took Cleveland Farrell. And I, and I know that it's easy to get caught up in second guessing guys who do this for a living, but like nobody, I mean, Nobody had Cleveland Farrell going above Devin White, Ed Oliver, or Josh Allen, or Devin Bush. I mean, it, it's a, you know, or even Christian Wilkins. So, I mean, I think with that one, and you point out the stuff with Josh Jacobs, I mean, there's just, there's just ways to make this defense better out of the gate. Or heck, I mean, package 27 and 24 and trade up and get somebody like Jeffrey Simmons. You know, I mean, they're, they're just,
4: yes. I am looking at one of Wilson's final mock drafts before, The 2019 NFL draft. You know who he had the Raiders taking? Devin White. You know who's been good on the Raiders right now? Devin White. Put so, that on TikTok. <laughs> He'd be awesome on the Raiders. But, and the point is, Brent, what you just made about Cleveland Farrell, that they, they they reached for him. They could have waited and traded down and got him later, and that's what I said about Josh Jacobs, that if you're reaching for guys and you're taking – you could have gotten Josh Jacobs at 30 or 32. You could have traded up from 40th in the second round. You could have traded down with your fourth pick and ended up with more picks so you can pick more defensive guys in case you're getting uh, whiffing on your picks like the Raiders seem to be doing. So – They're not, it's not like Josh Jacobs has been bad or Cleveland Farrell has been bad. It's just that there were, you just, you're reaching for your picks and, and, you know, you have five first rounders the past few years. You can't be doing that every single time. or you are just getting this reputation? People want to pick behind the Raiders because they know the best guys are still going to be on the board because the Raiders aren't going to take the best guy.
2: I mean, they drafted Lynn Bowden with the 80th overall pick and traded him before he played a, a practice snap for him.
3: Right. That like, goes that's... back to you can't you can't miss on the, the early round. pick.
4: And I would like to know that same mock draft um, that where Ryan had Devin White going fourth overall. He had the Raiders with the 24th overall pick taking
2: Cleo and Farrell.
3: Mm. Get him anyway. Don't put that on TikTok. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, look, the you know, I'm not saying that there were definitely picks after. Uh, I mean, that's just a wasted pick. Like, you just wasted a pick on that. Three of their first four picks from last year, they had four picks in the top 81 selections last year, and they used three of them on the wide receiver position.
3: I mean, Meanwhile, that... I mean, something else that you can't do, you can't continually miss on guys. In 2019, the the Chiefs got in, in the second round, McCole Hardman and Juan Thornhill. Juan Hill starts. He's really good in the back end. McCole, McCole Hartman is a contributor on that high part offense. Got Caelan Saunders in third round. He contributes in the inside. Rashad Fenton, Fenton, who played a lot as cornerback. So, you know, these guys aren't home runs, but they're playing and they fill needs. And I don't remember... They, they like pay, only
2: draft guys from Clemson and Alabama, which I guess is fine, but not a bad strategy if you don't know what to do. Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe maybe you should know what to do. How about that? All right, listen. Let's, <laughs> let's not listen. One let's, more let's, final though.
4: Wilson also had the Raiders taking Josh Jacobs, except in the second round. Oh, there you go. You should have ran their draft, Ryan. You should have yeah. ran their draft. Wait, so,
2: who did Wilson have to take in the first again?
4: Uh, uh, Devin, Devin White, Devin fourth White. overall. Quin Farrell, twenty fourth overall, and Greedy Williams, twenty seventh overall.
3: Yeah, he's been injured. That ain't that ain't looking so good.
2: But like that, that should have been the plan. Take three defensive players in appropriate draft slots, you know, and like beef up your defense. All right, moving along. Sorry, we don't want to crap We're, on the Raiders. Raiders, Raiders only podcast. Yeah, like John if John Gruden had someone else running personnel. He'd be he'd be he'd be doing well, I think. Josh Allen, great. Question mark says moral tragedy from Apple podcast. Love the podcast. Only football podcast I listen to throughout the year. I want you to tell me I'm crazy. I'm a lifelong Bills (laughs) fan. I am thrilled with Josh Allen, but as I was watching closely last year, seeing the games when the stadium was empty, he was awesome. But when there were fans in the stands, he was average. Interesting. Is he going to revert to a Bengals level QB next year? When fans are in the stands every
3: game. You needed a, well, like an Egyptian drop there for, for Breach.
4: Is this amazing? I bring up Andy Dalton the first question. This guy subtly brings up Dalton with the second question. I really like this question though, in the sense that we need to do some research on any quarterback that had their best season in 2020. And how they played with fans in the stands versus not in the stands. Cause that's huge because there's nothing that is distracting you. You get to be hyper focused on what you're doing to pay attention to all your reads. All of a sudden you threw Josh Allen in a nearly full stadium in the AFC title game and he bobbed. He went uh, 28 of 48, barely competed, completed 50% of his fastest threw an interception. Uh, you know, got sacked four times. It was an ugly game. So. I actually think this is something interesting and probably worth watching to see how, some, you know, if Josh Allen takes a step back, you can say, well, it's because he played so well in 2020. The only thing he could do was take a step back, or you could say, wait, he is playing in full stadiums now. Maybe he's not as good because not as good of a player with the full crowds.
3: Dear God, please let Justin Herbert have a good season next year, because if he doesn't, all the... (laughs) All the people, myself included, who weren't high on Justin Herbert will have a built-in excuse. That's a, that's interesting. I was laughing when I was reading this. I thought Josh Allen only played poorly in that last game, though, because I remember early on in the playoffs, my talking point, and we pretty much agreed, was that we didn't know how Josh Allen was going to do on the biggest stage because the year before in, in Houston when he threw the ball over his head and you're like, oh, my God, what is this man doing? We didn't see any glimpses of that. But, again, maybe that has to do with – the fact that there was no one there um i think a lot of it probably has to do with maturity but maybe there is something to that um so i guess that's something to keep an eye on because there're definitely going to be fans in the stands in, in 2021 there going to be a lot of them
2: well i mean one of the thi- i mean I, I don't think that Josh Allen's like i mean i i would we do need to definitely go look at this and i will say there is a theory in golf that you know colin Morikawa won his uh, first major the pga championship out at um Harding park in california uh on cbs In during the pandemic when there were no fans allowed at the, at the course. And there is a theory out there that some people have floated that these younger golfers are having an easier time winning and and, and competing in events with some of these established veteran golfers because there are limited or no fans out there. Like even looking at the masters right now, it is not full. It's like 25% full, maybe 40%. I don't know, somewhere between 25 and 50% full, like half of. Tiger's power, Tiger Woods's power was derived for a while from the roars of, you know, the crowd when he would do something big. And, and so, I mean, I guess my point is that the, the, the level of difficulty is increased when you have a huge thing of fans. Now, I, but I don't think that like, I don't think that Josh Allen's like worse because a bunch of Bills fans are in the building. Maybe it's away fans. I, I do think quarterbacks perform better this year probably because there wasn't as much noise. It's way easier to operate an offense uh in an away game when there's zero fans in there, right?
3: It's tougher to operate an offense. when there's easier, no- easier, easier, way easier. Yeah, no th- th- no one disagrees with that, and that's the point Breach was making. I still think if you're a Bills fan and worried about it, they're probably more concerning things because Josh Allen appears to be legit, and he's made a ton of strides. Yeah, I don't think you right. become a lot less accurate because there are 50,000 people yelling at you as opposed to four.
2: Is I'm it? now. There's also the case we made that, like Josh Allen, you know, because he played at Wyoming, not exactly dealing with, you know, huge crowds, the, the the you know the the Wyoming Cowboys crowds. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't I don't think it's something. I, it's not something that would concern me if I was a Bengals fan.
1: Um, this is.
4: I just think it's. An I mean, interesting, a Bills fan, right? I, I Bills fan. I just think this is an interesting premise worth watching.
2: Yeah, I I agree completely with that. I don't. I don't. I would not be worried about it specifically as it relates to Josh Allen, but I do agree that this premise, and I think it applies to other sports too. Like we saw it in the in the bubble for the NBA, like some players just played better. Like T.J. Warren came out, and just played lights out. I mean, maybe it's a maybe it's a crowd thing. Who knows? That that's it's. We'll, I we like it. Moral tragedy. We'll keep an eye on it, but I wouldn't sweat. Uh, I wouldn't sweat your Josh Allen, uh, quarterback situation. You're in a pretty good spot with that. Probably number two now. If you were starting a franchise,
3: certainly has leapfrogged. Well, yeah, we have to wait to see what happens and what looks to be a very tenuous just, situation
2: yeah. for Deshaun Watson. I mean, if you were starting a franchise today, I think Josh Allen would be the second. How many guy you years?
3: Take. You're starting a franchise. So, okay, but, yeah, you're not, you're not taking Aaron Rodgers. You're probably not taking Russell Wilson. Yeah. We I know Breach, take take, Breach is taking Andy Dalton, but uh, everyone else is probably taking, I'm taking Adam Joe Conley. Burrow. Joe Burrow.
2: Burrow would be, a, Burrow would be top five. Justin, Justin Herbert. I mean, I mean, Herbert's up. Yeah. Herbert's top five probably.
4: Joe, Justin and Josh. All the best quarterbacks with the J well, names.
2: Patrick Mahomes. John. Is not
4: a his name's Jatrick. <laughs> all
2: right. Let's it. take a break and we come back. <laughs> How can the Browns get better this offseason and push the Bigos further down? We'll tell you next
1: selling a little or a lot.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: All
2: right. Mahler Baller says, love the show. (laughs) One, what do you think about the Browns adding potentially four starters on defense and free agency? And two, super friends have to do every combine event. Who does the best?
3: All right. Let's answer the Browns' things first, because the the second answer is going to be a short one. That won't take long. (laughs) (laughs) So, John John Johnson is awesome. I love it. Uh, We we read a comment on the previous um, show where someone was upset with Dubin for not loving it, but that was just because of the the money involved.
2: Are the are the four guys we're talking about here? John Johnson,
3: I think. Troy 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 Hill, Hill.
4: Malik Jackson, Tech McKinley, probably.
3: Yeah. Anthony Walker also signed who came over from the Colts as a linebacker. And I know that he he's not a I don't think he's a full-time player, but I know that Darius Leonard was sorry to see him go. So maybe he's in the mix as well cuz I feel like Tack McKinley is he even going to make the team. I am mm, I wouldn't be very
2: bullish on Tack McKinley being a starter. Cuz I mean, I guess that's they, the question. I mean, I, I, maybe let's look at this as a whole. Do we think the Browns did a good job? I think the Browns did a good job in free agency adding yeah. to a defense in places that they needed help,
3: right? I agree with that. And Greedy Williams hopefully will be healthy. Um, they have the the other safety they drafted at LSU, who was injured all of last year. He'll be back, the second round pick. So they have pieces in place, but I think they do need to beef up the uh, the defensive line. Breach mentioned uh, Malik Jackson. I don't think Dak McKinley's a, a solution. You could draft someone uh, early early on to get an edge rush uh, edge rush help there. But they have safety taken care of, so that you can check that box. So yeah, I, I think right now. I don't even know if they're second. I always forget the the odds. the The, the Ravens are favored, but I don't think the Bills are far. The Browns are far behind, and, and they shouldn't be. I, I think it's it's probably closer than than maybe we think right now.
4: It is plus one ten Ravens, plus one eighty Browns.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, if you like, gun to your head, aren't you taking the Browns over the Steelers this
3: year? Oh my god! Yeah, I thought you meant over the Ravens. I was going to. I Might
4: take the Browns first place.
3: Cause I think Kevin Stefanski year two that offense, Baker played pretty good. And I thought
4: Baker, I thought Baker played well last
3: year. You're getting Odell back and that could be good or bad depending uh, on your perspective. Baker could have
4: been another one of those quarterbacks who only played well because there weren't any fans. <laughs> We're right down a list of quarterbacks that we need to be
3: watching. This Baker, Baker thing. broke
2: the rookie record for touchdowns in the season in, in, in two years ago.
3: Yeah, but the Freddie Kitchens effect lasts three years. <gasps> what is the, he didn't, it's not
4: like he was the best quarterback in the NFL that year or even. He should have been Barkley rookie was. of the
3: year. He should have been rookie of the year over Saquon Barkley.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay
4: <laughs> yeah i don't know about that
5: you just I, on
2: yourself i made i read a story about that demanding that baker win rookie of the year Man, mainly because i had a bet on baker to win rookie of the year um any any who
3: so who wins the combine events so that's the 40 the vertical the broad jump the three cone the short shuttle are we running routes and doing pass blocking drills and all that stuff too?
2: Uh i think it's just the the physical events the field day stuff yeah um, all right, so I would assume that in Breach's mind, he's winning.
4: Uh, I don't know about the like the bench press. Like you take me in the bench oh, okay. press.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not benching. I, I, I'm oh, well. I think. I think. I think two reps is winning the bench press in this. Uh, so two. either me it, or two, if two oh, it, Are we doing actually doing two twenty-five or like I yeah, just thought? I, I thought we. I thought we'd scale it back. I think my, my agent... Uh, Half a rep is winning the bench press.
3: My <laughs> my agent, whoever goes the highest wins. My agent whoever, said, whoever's, uh,
2: willing, whoever's willing to let that bar fall on their chest wins because you actually sat down. So at the it.
3: combine, these players, when they don't bench, they have to stand up on the microphone and explain why. I'll be going, uh, my agent said I don't need to and I will do it at my pro day. So that's what my response to the bench press. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of yeah, us And are then going, you know what?
4: You're going to get trashed on TikTok for passing up on the bench press.
3: Cancel Ryan Wilson for not being able to do 225 30 times. <laughs> so Did— why, um. So my boy Ryan Wilson over at CB. So my boy Ryan Wilson. Can you imagine like a fourteen year old calling a forty seven year old my boy? I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> Go cut uh, the it, grass. It, it, at any rate, I, I don't think bench press is just. I so think that's, it's probably that's off the table. So the it's forty a
2: tie at zero.
3: Yes, unless one of you guys could. Breach has incredibly short arms, so he could probably do two twenty five like ten times. Yeah, if we got like
4: up. a year to train for this, maybe I'll <laughs> get one. <laughs> he
2: needs a year for everything to train. <laughs> I'd wait till like the
3: month before and be like, all right, let's see how much. do
2: oh, no, I don't give up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm so not
3: going winning? to, I by think the, the fo- way, the, uh, the secret weapon here is like Debo, like Debo's going to come oh, out. Is, oh, does Debo count? Well, if he, can, he does, he's going to come out like Jim Carrey and Cable Guy in the, in the tight shorts and the headband and running the suicides <laughs> to get warmed up and then start smoking us.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, Debo, if Debo's involved, he's winning, but I would say out of the three of us, I think the, the
3: 40 would be a dog fight for the three of us. Dude, Sean smoked you. Sean would win, I mean, but you're not, you're not, Sean says he's slow for, uh, someone now in their, in their late twenties. He was his mid twenties at the time. I mean, he,
2: what, what do you think you're running on the 40? I'm just confused here. Like,
3: whatever you run and take off a half second. That's what I'm running in the 40. All
2: right. If we have if we time to train, I think it'd
3: be close. Right now I wouldn't, whatever. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting I'm going to win these combine skill sets, but I don't think either of you are like going to dominate. I think no. it'd be, I think it'd be pretty, I think it'd be a toss up honestly.
3: My, my age is the, 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 the limiting factor. So The, the biggest cones, detriment. The short shuttle. uh We're not running routes and all that stuff.
2: I would give Wilson the edge right now because he's probably in the
3: best shape. Well, Breach runs. He doesn't like to talk about it, but he well,
2: runs. Well,
4: since that's, the baby has he... been around, it's been <laughs> a little bit less.
3: Yeah, Breach has a small
2: baby. He's not in, doing any exercise. I, I think we should Breach do- Breach pushes a stroller to the this park. This would be the that. time
4: where you could beat me right now. This is probably the most out of shape by Ben. Alright, Brenton, you better sub to this match.
3: We should also do the wide receiver gauntlet and have Frisco throwing the footballs. So I would like to see that just for comedic value. That would be fun. Frisco can't
4: throw, so there would never be a completion.
3: But that would be the funny part
2: is like Pete would be flailing everywhere with these balls and, and we'd get to laugh at Pete, uh, and his inability to, uh, accurately throw So a of football. all the,
3: all the talent at CBS, is B Mac winning this thing hands down? Is it, who would yeah. even be a second? Like, is Will Middlebrooks? I don't remember him as I don't. I didn't watch a lot of baseball. Is he athletic? Like, yeah, that I, one? Mean, I, I mean, I mean, B Mac, uh, Brady Quinn probably. T- well, Brady's not winning like the forty in the in the, in the three no. cone versus B Mac. That's what I'm talking about. Those drills. Danny. Well, Danny's my age, so he's he's obviously a much better. Yeah, yeah. B Mac, B Mac, B dominant. Because B Mac's 36. I think it's the same age as Brady. Maybe. Do
2: we have? uh Do we have like? Ripper Raja, do they? Is count? there anyone else Debo that we're missing? I
0: don't know if Debo wants to talk. Uh, no, I, what do you guys think you guys would hit on the
3: vert? Oh, fifteen? Like I don't even know. Seven? <laughs> I was going to say you get into double digits. <laughs> Seven? I was going to say fifteen. Actually, sounds high. Yeah, I'll start with
0: like nine. Uh, B Yeah, no Same idea. Ages. No idea. Brinson and Breach, though. He's almost forty.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you go. Who?
0: Who?
2: B Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, he's he's a former professional athlete,
0: right? I think he ran a 4, four 5 at his combine.
2: Mm. Yeah, a little, bit, a little bit slower than I would have expected. Very disappointing, Brian. You serious? It's pretty
3: good. <laughs> 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 Clip that, Debo. <laughs> um, so, is there any way, Debo? Is anywhere any you are losing to us in these drills? Yeah, I'm not. I'm
0: not putting up any fight on the bench, but I think I got everything else. Yeah, under wraps. Works.
1: Mm.
3: I think you would beat Sean too.
2: Favorite NFL podcast, despite Benson being the. <laughs> Benson. <laughs> Kidding, kind of. This is from the G. Oh, he's G- it. B I N too. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. G Man Mets via Apple Podcast. Well, I thought the banter sometimes drove me crazy. I listened to other NFL podcasts and found myself realizing the banter makes this pod feel like you're just talking football with your friends, and actually makes it super relatable and enjoyable. If I could have the super friends answer one question, it would be, what is everyone's favorite sports memory? Doesn't have to be just football. Could be any sport moment you get to, got to see live, either on TV or in person. P.S. Wilson, please stop mocking teams <laughs> taking Mac Jones in the top 10. Um, this is what? probably from, yeah, what from, is this? probably from March before the 49ers traded up to the, to number three right. overall. And now Wilson
4: um, looks like a genius.
2: Also, that's, that's, hey. that's, that's what that is called. That's called the, you know, that, that episode of Seinfeld where George is like, You know, you don't like me at first, but then I just hang around a little bit. It's like, (laughs) uh, and all of a sudden you just find yourself liking him. I mean, that's the whole point of the show is that it, that you feel like you're.
3: Yeah. The people say this podcast makes you smarter. Like in general, this podcast makes you start smarter because you feel like you're smarter than we are. Like, it's not. (laughs) not
2: No, but I mean, like the goal of the show is not to, is not for it to be like a, a overly produced NFL.
3: It's not a college lecture. It's just a bunch of.
2: Yeah. I mean Big a lot back. of shows are like, all right, let's go to the next segment. All right, coming up. It's like, no, we're just, you know, it's, it's mailbag."
3: Yeah. There you go. That's our that's our production value right there. Uh
2: as far that's right. As far as uh, our production is great. We're not dogging Diva there. Uh as far as favorite sports memory. Hmm. Uh mine is the nineteen ninety one. I think it's ninety one. Was it ninety two? Nineteen ninety one NLCS and uh Sid Bream. Legging out, uh, the, like Ooh. limping, dragging his leg around third base after uh Rafael Cabrera, I believe it was, hit a single. Barry Bond Sid Breen beats Barry Bonds' throw, the 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 hey, and the Braves go to the World Series for the first time. Hey,
3: was it Rafael Cabrera? That name doesn't sound familiar. It's I not ref, It's um, yeah. Hold on, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, I do remember that because that was, I remember watching. I was actually in college when that happened and watching it live, and I was a Braves fan at the time because.
2: Was a pinch oh. hitter? Who
3: was it? I think, I feel like you're half right. It's
2: uh, Francisco Cabrera. Francisco Cabrera. Ah, there it is. I don't think it was, who's Rafael Cabrera?
3: Who's Rafael Ramirez now? Rafael Ramirez played shortstop in the 80s for them. But that was, he was gone by that point. It was was
2: 1992, I'm sorry. 1992. So the Braves had been to the World Series in 91 and lost to the Twins. Um, and then they were, this is 92. And so like at that point with the Braves having already been to the World Series once, I'm 11 years old at this point in time. Um, Huge Braves fan, you know, just, and you're just thinking like, all right, we got to get back. This is our year, you know, tears when Jack Morris had uh, taken out John Smoltz and, and, and Lonnie Smith got duped with, um, you know, running around the bases the year before. And so you're thinking there's a game seven crazy series. I was up late with my dad at our, out on our little porch. Um, you know, we're screaming our heads off, uh, trying not to wake up my mom. And so I think that's, uh, that's one of my favorite memories. Obviously. Um, Duke winning a title. I was a Duke fan as a kid in 91, 92 was up there. And, um, the Braves World Series in 95 is certainly, uh, a very enjoyable moment for me as well.
3: I think it was 1990. That's the Duke experience I enjoy when you and LB blew their absolute doors off. Or you mean Bobby Hurley like blew his pants off because he had diarrhea. Call it what you will, but,
2: uh, <laughs> something got blown up. Yeah. He had
3: diarrhea before the,
2: before the thing. Cha, cha, cha. Uh,
3: my favorite one was, uh, whatever Jim Breach moment. Preaches about the mention. Now, my favorite one is, um, ah. I, I remember, it must have been nine, because this was 82. I think it was January 82. I remember watching the uh, the catch, um, Joe Montana to, to Dwight Clark over Everson Walls. Oh, Who are who they playing against? Cowboys. Oh. Why? What are you?
4: I know where you're going, Brenton. Who, because of the catch, they won the game. Who do they play in the next round?
3: Oh, no! I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I knew where he was going. Now, the That's thing I was the is, the I was actually a Bengals fan. I said this. I've told the story before because that was one of the few teams that I would saw, see regularly on national television that year because they were really good with Ken Anderson and of course Jim Breach and Forrest Gregg was a coach. Chris Collinsworth was was one of the um, wide receivers. Anthony Munoz was on that team. But just to be
4: clear, after the after Dwight Clark made the catch, the 49ers beat the Cowboys in the NFC title game, and then played the Bengals in Super Bowl Sixteen. That's how.
3: Right. And I was actually pulling. I was pulling for. In fact, I did not like the Forty ers at all. I, I was pulling for the Bengals, and I was upset by the outcome of that game. But I remember watching it live. I was sitting in my parents' bedroom watching on a black and white television as a nine year old, which is crazy because my youngest son's nine now, and he doesn't know the difference between a, a baseball and a football. So I, I can't imagine him carving out time to watch the. NFC championship game as a nine-year-old and having the best interest in, in how it turns out. But also that was the time where we had the Atari 2600 and that was it. And you can only play video games for 15 minutes of that thing about getting bored, stupid. So you, mm. you'd be doing sports related stuff. So yeah, that was probably one of my first memories of like big time sports stuff. I watched a lot of baseball back then too, because TBS carried the Braves and WGN carried the, carried Cubs. the Cubs. and that was it. There was no yes network or, or, or anything like that. that. That was the only show in town if you wanted to watch sort of national baseball on a daily basis.
4: Uh, Wilson, you called me out. It is a Jim Breach memory. Uh, <laughs> it's literally kind of like yours, your first football memory sticking with you, yours being the catch. Mine was 1988 season. The Bengals were playing Washington. Uh, it, I think it was the season finale, or it could have been the second to last game as one or the other. But if the Bengals won the game, they were going to clinch first place in the division in home field advance throughout the playoffs. Uh and so five seconds left. The game's tied 17-17. Washington's trying a field goal, a 29-yarder. You make the field goal, it's over, it's 29 yards away. You think it's it, there's no way you can miss a 29 yard with five seconds left. Washington's kicker was Chip Lowe Miller. He hits it off the upright. It's no good. The game goes to overtime. And keep in mind, this is a Washington team that was the defending Super Bowl champs. They had one uh one it all in eighty-seven. Uh, and this is the 88 season. So now Doug Williams and Washington got the ball first in overtime. Uh, the Bengals sacked Williams, forced a fumble, recovered it. My dad came out for an overtime field goal, and he never missed an overtime field goal in his career. He hit it. The Bengals won 2017, and that propelled them to Super Bowl XXIII. Um My backup is Miami Bahia Sweet 16. I think that was 98 or 99. Wally Zerbiak, Wally World. That is actually why I went to Miami, Ohio. I was on the fence. It was either my junior or senior year in high school. Uh, they were on my list already, and then we got to the Sweet 16. I was like, I'm going to Miami. That's it. And so I ended up going there uh, after my one-year college football career was over.
3: The breach low point was when you had to go watch Jackson State play North Dakota State in the championship game, and then watch the Steelers. Uh <laughs> <laughs> take the game from the Bengals when this perfect out on the back Jacksonville of the State Ryan Jacksonville, Jacksonville State. State sorry yeah where was that Texas
4: that was in Dallas that was, that was in that Dallas. Dallas that was
2: Did
3: uh, your dad did
2: your dad support you or is he disappointed when you quit when you quit play, when you quit kicking Uh
4: I think you get to the point where either you, you don't you're not putting in the time if you're not going to the NFL right so it's kind of uh not with that attitude He's yes, on board seriously. with it like
2: you, you, you and he had there, to sit you, you down and be like, John, it's okay. You're not any good. Stop.
4: No, I mean, Just go no, I mean, he already knew. <laughs> no one, I, everyone in my family knew I wasn't the one that had any shot at the NFL. And you so. had him other,
3: other kickers in the family too, though, right? So you could have fallback plans. Right.
2: So like everybody in your family like kicked?
3: I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of bizarre. Well, your sister right? played soccer. You had a brother that kicked or punted or something?
2: Yeah. My, my
4: brother kicked at a D2 school and my sister, uh, played soccer at Northern Arizona. So you, was, what
2: was your, what was, your, how long was your Miami? I mean, cause Miami's a, said a G5. I mean, it's a group of five. You know. No, I, I, played at Hanover, division three. So I uh, walked,
3: I, then
2: I
4: transferred to Miami. I never played. Is that at where,
3: Miami. is that where Woody Harrelson went?
4: Yes. Woody Harrelson and Mike Pence. Right. Okay. Mm. I got you. Are the only two Hanover Did you
3: records. have, like, were
2: you, did you kick, did you, were you kicking games in Hanover? I punted. Oh, you punted? Correct. I did. What, um, how, what was your, what were you averaging per punt at Hanover?
4: Um, I never played. I was only there my freshman year. So, so
2: they had another older punter.
4: Yes. They had an older punter, and you just kind of, you get there, you're like, if you're playing Division three football, like, you are, like, in love with the sport, and, <laughs> Yeah, You know, so, it, and, you know, there might be a Division 3 guy drafted. Wilson could probably tell me who that is. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it would uh, be the guy
3: Debo talked with. Uh, Straken. What's Straken? Michael Straken. Is that his name, Debo? Yeah, he's, a uh, D2. University D2. of Charleston's only D2. Josh, um, we chatted with Josh is, yesterday. He had someone from Lake Erie College and I couldn't Quinn tell Miners.
4: you. I think that's his name.
3: Yeah, Quinn Miners is his name. I was going to say Whitewater, Wisconsin Whitewater. They might yeah. be Division 3? Yeah, they're D3. I don't, know the um, Lake, I don't know the Lake Erie guy,
4: but you know, you're not going to have a lot of D three guys in the NFL. So you're playing cause you love the game. And if you are just, you're putting in a lot of time being in college, at least if you're D one or a power five conference, you're doing it. Cause you think you're going to be in the NFL D three, you're doing it. You're missing all your study time, all your making friends time, all your, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot. So it's I gave up, I gave yeah. up guys.
3: I'm fine with that.
2: Yeah. yeah you, right. you have, I you just sort be... of, I wanted to know if there were some dark secrets in there, like some, you know, some struggles, uh, uh you know, uh, 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 a a tear tear filled, um, you know, soul crushing father son discussion about your Sorry. future. I'm just trying, to, just trying to trying to urge some dark stuff, Breach. Just wanted to see what turns you into a serial killer. I
4: say, um, I said, Dad, I'm going to get a job writing about sports so that I can talk about the Bangles in every podcast I do with Will Brinson for the next 20 years. And he said, Ah, oh, that's the plan.
2: All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up from Aramaic eighty via Apple podcast. Wilson. Da-da,
3: da-da. I this? feel like that's that's in the voice of Dennis the Menace, Wilson. Wilson.
2: Uh, Wilson or Wilson. Yeah, like Tom that. Tom Hanks voice. Since it's draft season, I was doing it in fish force. Since it's no, draft season and things are boring crazy from day to day, I would love to hear mm. the best friends discuss Wilson's best draft takes and worst draft takes over his career at CBS. Which, uh, which analysis is, which analyses were a hundred percent and which were just the worst of the worst takes that make Wilson look forward to a Ryan Finley tattoo by comparison. Mm. Love the pod. Stay safe and be well. Fellas, P.S. I look forward to my Debo Giants Eagles bet again this year for good cause and for all the bragging rights for my terrible Giants who were still less terrible than the Eagles.
3: I think this is the year they're going to be less terrible them and the Washington football team.
2: Debo, Debo will probably take that bet out of pride, but he knows it's a loser coming in.
0: I took it last year and I thought it was the biggest lock I've had in my life, (laughs) and uh, that turned out not to be. Giants versus Eagles,
2: sure, pal.
0: Right, right. I was like, it was like last May. And everybody's like, Oh, the Eagles have the most continuity ever all these new coaches. I thought it was going to be a, a five game gap between the two. And yeah, Andrew, I was wrong and I will gladly accept for next year.
3: It wow. is pretty,
2: love it. T-Van. It is
3: pretty remarkable that if someone said 12 months ago, Doug Peterson's getting fired and Carson Wentz is going to be on the call. She'd be like, what? <laughs> I know, I
2: know. what? A lot of, a lot of things from 12 months ago that make you say what? Yeah. Um, okay. So. So so I, I, you, I made a list.
3: Okay, good, good. I was hoping you would have a list of your best and worst. Yeah, I, so I saw can... this because I read the emails. So right, I've only been doing this. This is only my third year doing the, during the draft. So there's not a lot of backlog in which to dunk on me on, which is good. And by the way, this Mac Jones thing could blow up right in my face too. We'll see how that works out. If he goes in the fourth round, then, then I don't, I need to talk to some people about the things they were telling me. But, uh, I was high on Dwayne Haskins two years ago. He mm. was my QB one, Um uh, in part because I liked him, but also in part because, Kyler Murray, he he didn't, he didn't play a lot. I think he only started fewer than 17 games and the baseball thing was a concern. I loved, absolutely loved Britson's guy, Kelvin Harmon, the wide receiver at NC State. Ooh, yeah. Who, uh, I thought was like a day one, day two guy. He went in the sixth round, I believe. and, And I actually asked the scout the following year, I was like, Hey, so what happened with Kelvin Harmon? Like, why wasn't he? He goes, he's slow and he doesn't play special teams. I was like, all right, check and check. Lesson learned. I love David Montgomery. At Iowa State, I thought that was going to make a lot of sense for the Bears, help out Mr. Bisky, and it just hasn't worked. I don't think it's entirely his fault, but, you know, he hasn't been great. He was a second-round pick, and it just hasn't worked out. Um, I was dunking all over Justin Herbert from, you know, October, November, right until the moment he was drafted. I I didn't think it was a good idea. Clearly, because there were no fans in the stands, he's a fantastic player. We'll see what happens in year two. I'm just kidding. I think he had a really good season, but I was wrong. Oh, was, yeah, the
2: Justin Herbert one's the obvious.
3: Yeah, I think a lot – almost everyone whiffed on that. I think Prisco says he didn't, so I'll take him at his word. But everyone else – sort I mean, it was just hard to watch him play and think, oh, this guy gets it, and, and he absolutely got it. So congratulations to him and, and dunk on me. D.K. Metcalf was my wide receiver one. Uh, I wasn't buying into the three-cone slow hype. I thought he should have been a first-round pick. He ended up going to the bottom, last pick of the the second round, I believe. So – that was sort of a whiff. I didn't. I didn't get the whole. I think that counts as a
4: whiff. That makes you look smart because he is a star. So oh, right.
3: I, I mean the the league whiffed on him is what I meant. Oh yeah yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah. No, I, the,
3: that's that's a good lesson too. It's like
2: you don't need just because it like his. You know, it was easy to have him wide receiver one after the combine, and then. But then it started. People started digging up, you know, digging at like uh, before
3: before the combine. Because at the combine he ran the three cone. No, no, no. But the first day, uh, it was the
2: first day of the combine. He he like blew up and and it was like, oh my god! Like DK Metcalf lit everything on fire, and then he did the cone drill. And people were like, all right, this guy, you know, we got to be out on DK. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's you stick by your guns. If you evaluate the guy as the best wide receiver in the class, you stick by it.
3: I did not like Nikhil Harry at all, and I think most people didn't, other than the Patriots who took him, and they apparently were trying to trade him. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I love Deontay Johnson, um, who's worked out. I loved Hunter Renfro because he reminded me of Brinson, but, um, <laughs> he's also good. He, he had like eight inch hands, which is in, in tiny. And you know, he's male pattern baldness. He looks like he's 47, like I went to high school with him, but he's good. I didn't like Jalen Ferguson, who people were talking up as the first round pick coming out of Louisiana Tech because he had a bunch of sacks, but. I didn't get it, and he hasn't really panned out yet. It, with Baltimore, maybe he will. And I don't think anyone – this isn't a, a huge leap, but I don't think anyone thought Daniel Jones. I, I was looking at one of my last mock drafts. I had him going in the second round, I think, the last three-hour mock draft I did back in the day. That felt fine, a second-round pick. A lot – the same way that people feel about Matt Jones this year. But um, he went six, and we all made fun of of uh, Dave Gettleman for it. So – but I don't know. Is, is Daniel Jones good or bad? Like, I have no idea. Oh, I don't think anybody knows. Yeah, you get an incomplete for that
4: one. You don't get knocked for having him go in the second round, but the Giants don't get credit for taking him early because you don't know. I, I don't think we know yet if he's good.
3: Like this year has to be the year that he does something though. You can't have another year like he did the last two years in average. I mean, he's led the league in, tur- in fumbles and
2: interceptions combined two right. years in a row. You can't do that. Like that has to stop. Yeah, I don't think we know. I mean, it's too early to tell on on Daniel Jones. Um, can I can I give some of my draft? Yeah. Uh, I but nailed better start with Jake from, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was, I don't think that counts. I didn't have, I don't think that counts as like the day
3: after the mock, does it? No, I just like to bring it up.
2: I will say that like, traditionally my day after the draft mocks are more accurate than my final mock drafts. I go back um, and look at mine and they're, it's surprising. I had the Panthers taking Luke Keekley at the exact spot that they took him, uh, when they took him. I said that Aaron Donald was the best defensive player in that draft.
3: Yeah, and, 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 I'm, I'm laughing, but the reality is that no one liked him. Everyone thought he was too short.
2: Yeah, and, yeah, he, dude, he fell to like 13 or whatever, yeah. or was he eight or anyway, um, He's
3: middle, close to middle, I think.
2: Yeah. Um, I said, I had the Rams taking Todd Gurley at the exact spot that they took him,
3: which was, surprising. God, that's 10th, which is,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: and my final mock, like it, I think I was the only person who had that one right. Um, I said that I would ever have Tom Savage in the fourth round than Derek Carr in the second round. That was not, that didn't pan out very well for me. Um, which, you know, maybe why I don't like Derek Carr. Um, the, the, uh, I'm trying to think what else, uh, I had another.
3: You actually had one of the best mock drafts last year, uh, just on your final mock draft when you'd look at like the, the mock draft composite rankings. Like you were, I think you were definitely top 10, which is, I uh, was
2: top 10. Yeah. What was yeah. my, uh,
3: exactly <laughs> like you have no idea is I, mean, the, I don't is know what first. my final mock draft was. I mean, I but, uh, yeah, that was sort of funny.
2: Uh yes yeah uh, oh I had I had Simmons going to the Lions that was amazing. Oh I had I nailed Andrew Thomas 4th overall to the uh and then did I was I, I was yeah that I didn't do I didn't have I had Herbert to the Jaguars instead of the the Chargers that was dumb. Um yeah I I think I nailed I had a bunch of those uh I had that too players. I had
4: Herbert going to Jacksonville. I, I did make, too. I was just none of us thought it. Herbert was going to be a top 10 pick so we all whiffed on him.
2: Yeah. Um I'm trying, just trying to think of some other draft takes that I've had in the past. Oh, I was really high on Russell Wilson, and that worked
3: out pretty good. Yeah, of course you were. You are high on Garrett Bradbury as well, for some Anybody reason. Anybody that went to NC State, yeah. for instance, was high on. That's
2: I mean, but I, I was high on Russell Wilson in 2012 when he was a second rounder, or a third rounder. I hadn't picked him
3: as my rookie of the year coming into the season. I wanted the Steelers to draft him, like, in the third round. I was like, that would be fantastic. Wish it had happened.
2: Uh, I'm trying, to, yeah, that's probably it. Um, I'm we sure you had some.
3: Breach has nailed every uh, Bengals draft pick for the last 10 years. I was high on Andy
4: Dalton, got him to the playoffs five times, Ryan. They were high on him, too. They took him in the second round. I think they're going to draft a kicker this year who will be on the team for 10 years. There you go. Heard it here first. Well, that's Who's
3: your a- favorite kicker in this draft, uh, Breach? Do you know?
4: Uh, I do know. I don't want as to As pron- soon
3: as I-, I can Google
2: it. No, no. I
4: don't <laughs> want to butcher the Miami kicker's uh name, oh, Jose.
3: Mora but, Gialis or something like that?
4: Yeah. I, I think he is hands down the top kicker. In the draft, I think Florida's kicker is probably number two. Oh, um, I think it's McPherson team. and then Memphis has a good kicker. Do you watch a lot of college football during the season? Uh, I mean, I try to. I don't, so I, do I, I used to, but now there's a baby. I don't have as much time. I didn't have as much time on Saturdays. Do you focus
3: especially on the special teams or do you perk up at special teams moments?
4: You know what's funny is that I actually do. Watch like I'll literally if I'm watching on mute because I'm playing with the baby or something, I turn it off mute and put the sound on <laughs> so I can watch a field goal or an extra point because it blows my mind how teams butcher uh kicking draft picks like the Patriots took, uh you know, the guy that was like a right wing tattoo guy, Justin yeah. Rohrasser last year. He was the first kicker off the board. There's no reason he shouldn't even been the fifth kicker off the board. He should not have been drafted and somehow the Patriots took him as the first kicker in the entire draft. That made no sense at all. I thought that uh and I wrote this last year that Tyler Bass and Rodrigo Blankenship in that order I thought were the top two kickers and I, right. so it, it's not like the kicking's not something where you can really Mess it up as badly as some teams had because you can see how strong a leg is. You can see how far back they can go. You can see how accurate they are. These are all things you can see without, like, even trying. All you have to do is watch a little bit of film of them, and so it blows my mind. Yeah, so uh, Bora Gallis, number one from Miami. Evan McPherson, two from Florida. Raleigh Patterson, number three from Memphis. Those are your rankings are just... Those are those are mine. I was getting their full names. I just said the guy from Memphis. I wanted to have his his full
2: name. Go. Uh, we'll do one real quick question from the the chat, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, somebody asked if one of the main five QBs were to drop, who is most likely? O S S. If one of the main five QBs were to drop, who's most likely? Fields? Question uh, mark. So the main five being Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Mac Jones, I guess, will list third. Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Who do you think is most likely to drop Wilson? Uh, I assume it's between Fields or Lance at this point.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's Mac Jones, only because I said, like, I've been hearing for a long time that teams consider him a top ten pick, and I think that's part of the reason that the. Falcons what? are now interested in trading down. Like they, I mean,
2: I mean, either, like, either the 49ers are trading up to get Mac Jones or the 49ers are, are orchestrating the most unnecessary and elaborate smokescreen in professional draft history by telling everybody they're getting Mac Jones when they really want Justin Fields.
3: Yeah, right, right. I, I mean, that, that's the thing, but I, I like Justin Fields a lot. I just, um, I feel like if he had come back one more year, we'd be talking about him like Trevor Lawrence. People are looking for holes. Mm. We're, we're at the point in the conversation where I say all the time when I do radio or whatever. If the draft were on February 15th, we wouldn't have time to pick holes in all these guys. But I think the answer is, is Trey Lance, only because he's only started 17 games. They've been FCS games. They've been in a run-heavy offense. He averaged, uh, I think I wrote something on, on the website on Thursday, he averaged like 16 pass attempts a game. Uh, I mean, you look at Mac Jones was in the 30s. Trevor Lawrence was in the 30s. These guys are slinging it. Justin Fields, I think, was in the high 20s. So he just hasn't played a lot. So it feels like you're just gambling more on on potential uh, i think he has a chance to be good but i just don't know what that looks like in the nfl because he hasn't faced anything close to that type of competition so i think if anyone fell it'd be him but i also feel like if he gets to 12 or something they're gonna be like their teams the patriots are 15 19 is the bears 20 is football team 24 the Steelers, the saints are down there one of those teams i would imagine is going to move up and i think who said this um, who is, I think it was the for I think it was Mike Tannenbaum that said this, either him or Mike Lombardi, one of the former GMs that the Washington football team loves Trey Lance. So maybe they're the one to look out for for trading up for him. So it
2: feels, it feels like Trey Lance is a good. Fit for one of these teams, whether it's New England, Washington. I mean, even Atlanta, honestly, where they have an established veteran in place and they can take their time and let him sort of learn in the background. Just, right. just I mean, he played one game in the last, you know, 350
3: days. The right? bad, the bad landing spot is the Lions, where you go into an organization that's upside down. Yeah.
2: You know, Josh and I were talking yesterday about the Lions. It, it makes increasingly more and more sense that they should have no business drafting a quarterback for several years. Like build some stuff around. Build the house and then buy the, you know, yeah. build the framework of the house and then buy the furniture.
3: They had that quarterback for 10 years and they didn't build the house. <laughs>
2: That's what I'm saying. They just, they just had a, like a. They built the house. They just burn it down every
4: two years because they have no idea what they're doing.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
4: Um, uh, I'm going to, Ryan's the drafter, but I'm gonna just say real quick. I think the answer to this question, my guess would be Mac Jones. Cause I think if the 49ers, for whatever reason, Shock us all. Take Justin Fields or Trey or,
2: Lance. Or, or, Kyle, or Kyle Pitts. <laughs> or, uh, take That'd someone right. at number
4: three who is not Mac Jones. Brinson you were just talking about how Trey Lance could be a good fit with New England or Washington. I don't see Mac Jones as a great fit, especially ahead of Justin Fields or Trey Lance when you look at the rest of the teams as you move down the draft. And so if he does not go to San Francisco, I could see him taking a big tumble. That wouldn't uh, happen. What, the tumble or him not going to San Francisco?
1: We it would, it would be am- tumble.
2: a tumble for Mac Jones would be amusing only for just the, the ensuing, um, TikTok assault. Oh, no, yeah. no, so my suspense. boy cool. Ryan Wilson
4: over at CBS Sports came out with his latest mock draft. My boy. Every week. I-
2: All right. Let's get out of here. Great stuff as always, fellas. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday with mock draft Monday for Ryan and John. I will see ya
5: later. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's vuor icom slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.